Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, the great state of Texas, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas, to be specific. Uh, if you guys aren't already a subscriber, please consider hitting that subscribe button for us, uh, as well as turning on that bell icon so you guys don't miss an episode in the future. Whether we go live or we throw out uh, more episodes of our High Strangeness series, um, and also don't forget to hit that like button for us. That'll really help us out a lot with the algorithms. Um, if you guys are on the go and you want to check us out, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio and Amazon Music at Truth Defender Podcast. If you love what we do here on the show and you're feeling generous, consider sharing the show with a friend, family member, or colleague. Uh, just kind of take it easy with people at work. That might not be a good idea, um, but it's up to you. Uh, if you guys have any questions for myself or our guests, as well as guests or topic recommendations, you guys can shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. So today, um, I'm sure everybody was taking a look at the news uh, and there was a pretty big story that was happening uh, with a journalist by the name of James Gordon Meek. Um, there was word or there was witnesses um, that said that his house was raided. So he was swatted. The FBI went into his house and then there was like stories that he had gone missing because nobody knew where he was. Um, so that was like a whole thing for about a week or so. Turns out that he actually is not missing anymore and still alive. So we're, we're happy for that aspect of it. Um, where, you know, obviously we don't want anybody to get hurt or even go missing or anything like that. So uh, we're happy that he's alive and well. But at the same time, it kind of threw a monkey wrench in the whole story that we had going on. Um, but that's all right. Um, we're still going to jump in and just kind of take a look at him because he's still a very interesting person taking a look at his background. Um, not only an investigative journalist, um, but he had a lot of weird kind of, I wouldn't say coincidences, but like major um, areas in his life that, that I find kind of weird when you look at him as a whole. But um, yeah, so we'll jump in on that. And um, yeah, so back once again, I know we had uh, Mr. Mr. Gilman in last, I think about two weeks ago. So we had the same topic about another journalist that was unfortunately, uh, depending on how you look at it, suicided or died by accident or however you want to look at it. Um, but he's back again to discuss uh, Mr. Meek. So without further ado, Mr. Gilman, how you doing, sir? Good, good. Uh, hopefully I won't be the bunt of many jokes tonight. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. It's kind of, we're kind of in the same boat because... I remember, like, so we were discussing before we started, but so this thing happens after our last show, um, and then you send me an email saying there was another one missing, so we started looking into it. <laughs> You're looking into it a whole lot deeper than I was. You obviously uh, put together a, a book, like, extremely yep. fast, uh, <laughs> sent it over to me, and I actually read through it and stuff like that. And then about a week after that, we had already put, like, a time together to get together again here today and then like you sent me another email saying that they found him and i was like oh shit but like obviously we're happy that he's not dead obviously for everybody out there but like we were saying for the show's sake it was kind of like an unfortunate event <laughs> because we already had like this whole thing planned out um but we're, we are happy that he's obviously okay but um it was just like a weird weird thing um i mean i guess we can just kind of start off by 
kind of letting everybody know who he was exactly because I, I mean, he worked for was it ABC News? I think it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he was an investigative journalist for ABC News. He's been all over the world, embedded like in war zones and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, but I mean, I guess we can just kind of start there. Like, who was he or who is he? He's still here with us, but who is he and like <laughs> how did this whole kind of thing kind of end up with the FBI raiding him? Yeah. So the the story starts out for for me was with the raid. Uh, it was a Rolling Stone article uh, of all places, and um, back in April, his apartment was raided. He lived on the top floor of this apartment complex uh, out in Arlington. Uh, one morning, he sends out his last tweet. It's still his last tweet on Twitter, uh, basically quoting somebody else and saying that this person was correct when they were talking about different things regarding uh, Ukraine, the things that are going on there. And um, only a few minutes after that, all of a sudden, the the road is blocked off. A uh, SWAT vehicle pulls up to the front of the, the place. Uh, neighbors don't know if he had been grabbed or not, but they know that the FBI confirmed that his laptop was taken. They found classified documents on that. And the the thing that is uh, questionable about that is this guy was a, a journalist. And so journalists are legally, they can be in possession of classified documents as long as they themselves didn't steal it. Right. They're able to access that stuff. And so that's what uh, uh, a lot of other people were, you know, questioning uh, the validity of this raid. Uh, the Biden administration themselves said, uh, put in a new rule that it had to go to the assistant of the DOJ in order to have raids like this authorized. And they didn't do that. Uh, it was a lower federal judge that approved it. But then, uh, lo and behold, there's another document that possibly overrides the Biden administration's new rule uh, from 2013. Uh, This was implemented after Edward Snowden, and it stated that there are certain stipulations where the FBI could be authorized to raid a journalist's home for classified sensitive materials, depending on whether or not their job uh, involved other uh, work outside of their profession. So okay. um, who knows whether or not they were able to use that. Hmm. It's weird. I mean, obviously somebody was watching him prior to like, it's not a coincidence that they just kind of found him last minute and they're just like, well, let's go in and get this dude. But like somebody was following what he was looking into, what he was doing, obviously. Um, it's, and then for them to bypass already in place, like uh, I guess laws that they put in place for this kind of stuff. And it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, with the, with all the FBI ratings going on lately, like <laughs> there's like, everybody's getting rated for like all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's a lot of stuff going against the books and it's not surprising in that aspect. Um, I'm sure it's happened before this administration to a lot of different people, but um, it's weird. I mean, so he gets raided, and then he has neighbors, obviously, taking mm-hmm. a look. And it's kind of weird because he was raided, like, in his apartment. So he lives, like, on the sixth floor of this apartment building, um, which means, like, people coming up the stairwells and, like, elevators getting blocked off and stuff. 
that would be kind of a harder like way of doing it, I guess, for them. But so they have a lot of eyewitnesses. Um, or from what from what we hear, there wasn't like all that many. But um, so he gets ready to take, take his laptop. He kind of goes MIA for a little bit, um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just kind of pops up. They see him on the streets walking around. I mean, was there any kind of word as to what they? think he was working on or like what might have led to that i mean it's it's weird you know so he for for all intents and purposes he was at the height of his career this is a guy who was embedded twice in afghanistan with special forces Mm -hmm. uh he covered all kinds of major events terrorist hostage taking uh terrorist attacks in the united states that was kind of his specialty was uh isis and al-qaeda um, terrorist activity inside and outside of the U.S. Uh, it, he even went to the trials for a lot of these guys and saw them face to face in these courtrooms. So right. he had a lot of experience with uh, things of this nature. And during the raid, so he had just had a movie come out uh, in 2021. Uh, that was the. Uh, 3212 redacted uh that's available on hulu and um it's a documentary about this uh this mission that had gone bad in niger and it ended up with uh four special forces operators getting killed and this 200 plus page report is released by the pentagon and the family uh the, the brother of one of the soldiers who was killed was an Afghan war vet and knew from reading the report that it was bunk. It was, it was a bunch of BS. Uh, the father of one of the soldiers was a former FBI agent. So he, he read the report and was like, no, like this, this makes no sense whatsoever. So these families end up contacting Meek to try to figure out what the heck really happened and he's able to go through the report and in two years of investigating it, figures out who the redacted names are, what really happened. He was able to get uh, photographs. Uh, during that time, ISIS had captured uh, the body cam footage of the soldiers and they were using it in propaganda videos. But then French intelligence also was able to get their hands on the actual full video from ISIS not really sure how they did it, but they were able to. And then the families were able to see the entire encounter as to what happened, which completely uh, uh, ended up uh, falsifying the entire report that the Pentagon had had uh, written. And there was a couple different stories that the Pentagon tried to uh, tell. One was that the, the team had gone rogue and uh, weren't following orders that they were given. Uh, another was that the CIA was with them, that they were trying to find a hostage that had been taken by ISIS. Uh, that ended up being false. And that was something that apparently was uh, told by some general at a press conference, and nobody really knew like where he came up with that story. <laughs> so yeah. uh, he was able to debunk all this stuff. And in the movie, you see the, the names shown that were originally redacted, but it was actually... Uh, when you watch the movie, it was pretty easy how they were able to figure out like who said what and who gave the orders and who was ultimately responsible. 
the Pentagon said that they're going to open a new investigation as to what happened during that ambush, and nothing has happened. Uh, but he was uh, nominated for an Emmy on that video. Um, and then that was um, pulled back after he was raided. Um, I believe it was the producer decided that they were going to no longer accept the nomination for it. Um, then there was, let's see here. There was a couple of stories that were going on during that time. There's the closing of the Kayla Mueller uh, ISIS hostage um, story where she was working in Turkey, but she crossed the border into Syria during their civil war, was taken hostage. Uh, long story short, there was one rescue attempt, which was poor timing, uh, a horrible decision on Obama's part. Um, she didn't end up being rescued along with everyone else. Um, and they still really don't know how she died. Um, the people responsible for her death and kidnapping, uh, Baghdadi was killed by Trump, uh, before he left office. And that was an operation. Kayla Mueller, um, the ISIS Beatles, which is a group of ISIS, um, terrorists who spoke with English accents. And when the hostages were trying to talk amongst themselves, they named each one after a member of the Beatles so that they didn't know who they were talking about. They thought they were talking about the pop band. Right. <laughs> um, they, uh, they just went on trial and uh, that was one of the last stories that he wrote for ABC news was uh, that guy uh, being sentenced uh, or he was convicted. He hadn't been sentenced yet. Um, but that was one of the last stories that he wrote on that. And then he was working on the book for Pineapple Express, uh, not the, the pop movie, but <laughs> the operation in Afghanistan where um, retired former uh, Navy SEALs, Special Forces, uh, Delta Force, uh, a group of these guys went into Afghanistan using their own money, their own contacts. Um, found the people that they had worked with for years who were promised um, a ticket out. And they picked up them and their families and flew them out during the evacuation. Uh, and turns out James Gordon Meek was part of that operation. He was co-writing the book with Scott Mann, um, who ended up finishing the book by himself. And uh, there's only one credit in the book. And I did end up picking up a copy. Um, there's one photo in it that is um, credited to James Gordon Meek, and that's it. He's not in any other part of the book. He was completely written out of the story. But originally, he was going to be listed on the inner flap. Like, opening sentence was him getting a phone call from somebody in Afghanistan saying it's time for them to get out. And um, that was completely written out, no longer in there. He's... He's not mentioned at all. Weird. It's kind of, you know, I was, I was reading through, um, like the kind of the book that you wrote and everything. <clears throat> it, it's, it's wild because he's like, like I mentioned, he has a lot of significant events that happen to him, like in his life. Um, so he becomes, so it's kind of 
he once the raid happens he, he goes missing nobody knows where he is he goes back to his job and quits his job right so he quits his job completely out of nowhere um and then he ends up moving out of that place where he was living um and then this is all kind of found out by the journalist at rolling stone um but she, they ended up looking into this like months later so i kind of thought that it was recent this whole thing happened but it was just that, that you know they had just recently looked into it so this happened way back in like april when this all happened but this story ended up coming out when like three weeks ago maybe something like that <laughs> yeah there was so i was kind of thinking it was recent but it was after reading through your book and everything i was like wait this happened like way way before um mm-hmm. so there's like this giant gap where he's just like nowhere to be seen quits his job um moves out of his apartment who knows where he ends up um what ended up happening to him but i found real interesting was that this kind of leads to the point where i i knew or i know that this wasn't something by chance like they just decided to rate him like on some off chance or whatever that, that they were looking at him previously so they they go in they don't make a whole lot of hoopla about it they know what they're going in for they're only there for like 10 minutes and then they they just take his laptop and then you know they leave. So that whole part of it lets me know that you know they've been watching him for a while and they're looking at something that he's doing, um, and they already know before they even go in that they need to get their hands on that laptop. Like we need the laptop. We know he has it. There's information on there that we need. We're going in now, and that's the only thing they take really. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they they were looking through his stuff there, but um, the only thing they really took was his laptop and. I'm sure he had maybe some files here and there, but you know they were already set on going in for that laptop. Um, so that's, I mean, it's not weird when you think about it. It's not something that's kind of out of the ordinary. That happens a lot. I mean, like, you know, like we mentioned, there's been a lot of raids going on lately. A lot of people have been getting <laughs> raided, and they go in looking for stuff, and then they just come out. And they already know what you know what they're looking for. Um, so I have no doubt that he was already being looked at and targeted specifically um but so we go back to his kind of weird past so he has family that died in the oklahoma city bombing um then he's also at the pentagon during september 11th um so he has like all these kind of weird significant events where he's his family or him are part of like huge moments in in our history um and that i mean it's it's weird that leads me kind of to believe that I mean, not saying that he was there on purpose or like he was doing something, but, <laughs> you know, like he's, he's around like a lot of stuff, you know, that's going on. Obviously, like you mentioned, he's embedded with a lot of people and like he's overseas and he's following like special forces teams and all kinds of stuff. So he knows people. Um, so in the book, you mentioned that he was from the area. So he grew up with a lot of people that went like ended up being somebody like in washington or you know whatever so i guess that that kind of goes back to how he knows some of these people that are in power or whatever um i mean so he's still missing i mean he's not missing now but he's not like in the public eye anymore his twitter is not active he's i mean what is do we kind of know what he's doing now or he's just kind of like in the wind still or he was supposed to accept a uh, award last week uh, for journalism, and he declined to uh, accept it. 
he refused to go to the award ceremony. Um, they ended up giving it to somebody else. And um, so he's still in this position of just not wanting to be in the public eye at all. There's something going on. There's, there's still, he hasn't been charged with anything. So his apartment's raided. They take these documents. There's a word from his lawyer stating that, you know, he's unaware of any accusations against him. uh, But he's also uh, basically that he has no comment on on anything that, you know, Rolling Stone was asking about. Um, Other stories were saying that, friends of his and this was from the daily beast which doesn't have the highest reputation for uh good journalism because they didn't they didn't state who any of the friends were that they talked to like they never really they're they're not known for giving out their sources or where they got this information they just print stuff (laughs) but uh, allegedly friends were saying that he was embarrassed about being uh raided and then went to go live with his mother and uh, that one didn't really uh, like something was missing there. And um, in my head, that didn't make any sense. And then uh, for him, like he's got no comment on like the Rolling Stone article, no comment on anything else. He's not accepting any type of awards. So it seems like there's between him and his lawyer, there's there there is apparently something going on between them and the FBI that like, I don't know if they're negotiating something or they're trying to figure out like the legality of whatever it is that he got his hands on. There's, there's speculation of um, some people are saying that he somehow got a copy of the Hunter Biden laptop, which uh, I felt like that was a bunch of BS considering his background. Like, why would he be interested in anything like that? That didn't, that doesn't fit his, his, uh, his profession, like what he did, you know? Um, but then there was the, the idea that he was reporting on stuff in Twitter. Like he was making comments here and there early on in with the Ukraine war, where he was questioning a lot of the things that the U S was talking about doing. And a lot of the things that he commented on and the things that he said ended up coming true. Like the question of arming the Ukrainians, whether or not they'd be able to uh, use the weapons that we were giving them effectively, or if they would even reach the front lines. And he was correct on that. A lot of the stuff we're finding out now, <laughs> six months later, is showing up in places like Finland and the black market and places other than Ukrainian military hands. Uh, so he was definitely right on that. And there was a couple of other comments that he had made on Twitter where he was definitely months ahead of like what the mainstream media was reporting with the war. And so there's an idea there that he might've had connections, um, with people over there. Although he only did one story, uh, about Ukraine and that was back in 2014. Hmm. So I don't know if it's like his military buddies that he had made over the years who are now operating in Ukraine, giving him Intel. And maybe he's going to start changing his focus on covering that. And if he's already making these comments on Twitter, like if he actually started writing stories like he did in Afghanistan, where it's like, we don't want people knowing what's going on on the border with Pakistan. Like what happened back in, I think it was 2005 where 
that was like the hush hush war over there like uh we don't want people knowing that the taliban just goes back and forth on the border with our ally mm. um <laughs> so yeah uh there i found that probably was like the most valid theory as to why they might have grabbed his laptop or um pushed him out of the limelight um especially at the point that he was reaching in his career where he's winning all these awards and he's got all these big stories and books and everything coming out. Like he was on the verge of becoming a household name and all of a sudden it's just gone. And I don't know, like if there were some threats made, if there was like some legal technicalities going on with whatever it is that he was looking into, but uh, they definitely scared the shit out of him. Yeah, it's it's wild because it's like it, anything to do right now with Ukraine, whether you, you talk about it or you look into it or whatever, it's a lot of abnormalities that don't really add up. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't add up, really. Um, like you said, the one thing that that's constant and you can be sure of is that those weapons are not being sent to fight a war. Um, it's the same thing that happened during the Obama era with Fast and Furious, and then like another freaking gun running and stuff. And Ukraine voted uh, one of the most corrupt countries in the world back in <laughs> like 2012 or something. Um, and why people would think that anything would change. It, to me personally, and I know I get a lot of shit for it online and stuff. When when you even kind of push back on anything that anybody says on Twitter, you know, whatever. I see all these people like on Twitter that have like. Ukraine flags and their headers and stuff. And, <laughs> and like, you even say anything that, that would just seem like rational. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, you're a fucking Russian, like, apologist, or like, you back Putin, or like, fucking Putin's your guy. Or, you know, it's just like, nah, man, you know what? Like, we've got people living on the streets here in the US, and like, there's people that are going hungry, and gas is ridiculous right now. And people are getting kicked out of their homes, and they can't afford this and that, blah, blah, blah. But like we've got money to send like eighty billion dollars almost to like just send and like it's not for the war effort. Like I can guarantee you that. Like that's just going into people's pockets. Like there's other people that are out there that there's like, oh, we need more weapons and we need more money for blah 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 this and that. And they just caught somebody, not just, but like when this whole thing started up, um, some government official in the Ukraine, like his wife was caught trying to sneak across the border and she had like suitcases full of millions of dollars and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> come on, like, you know, it's like, let's not, let's think about this rationally. Like the party of like understanding and, and like, we want to like help people out and all kinds of stuff like that. But yeah, we're sending billions of dollars to other countries that we should be helping ourselves. But that's just my like rant or, you know, whatever. But Definitely, you start looking into Ukraine, and I'm sure he knows a lot of people out there, and like he has a lot of information on the ground and stuff like that. <clears throat> Whether he was putting something together about it, who knows? But I'm sure he had something like, like I have information that can lead to blah 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 blah, and you know they see that and they're like, well, we don't want you know this kind of stuff getting out there. Um, so I have no doubt in my mind that if it was anything related right now, especially to Ukraine, like they were on him like like that, you know, like there's no they don't want anything to get out that would kind of go against the narrative and what everybody's saying. I mean, we've never been so close to nuclear war. And 
even during like the cold war like that was bad i'm sure for a lot at that time there was a lot of stuff going on everybody was unsure what was going on but like right now like we know like there's there's stuff going on and like if we're this close right now but all anybody ever does is like we gotta send more money and more weapons it's like nah man like let's chill out for a bit <laughs> this you know we, we need to relax a bit because it's not everybody thinks that everything's fine but it's a lot of stuff going on underneath the hood that it's pretty bad if it's left unchecked and it's looks like we're kind of egging it on out here um unfortunately but yeah it's it's wild i mean one of the parts that you mentioned um so they go to his oh actually so this was in the rolling stone article so they go to his his boss at abc news um and she's briefed on what was going on with him and like he was this house is raided and blah 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 he quits and all this stuff Nobody kind of looks into it, not even his old boss, or nobody really pays attention to what's going on. Um, he's just gone. Like, he quits, and that's it. Um, that's not unheard of, but it's a little weird that nobody that you would work with or like anybody that you know would be like concerned enough to look for you or like see that you're all right. Um, but I'm sure that once you get word that like the FBI is looking into you nowadays, like you're you're toxic like nobody wants to get involved like he's just kind of on his own in, in the wind now um which is weird i mean I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing i mean not anytime soon i'm sure what happens like he's, you know like you said he hasn't been charged with anything um he's just kind of up in the air right now just trying to see i'm sure the fbi is trying to cook up whatever they can um kind of depending on what they find on the laptop whether he, you know whether he has it or not but uh, I'm sure they'll weave some kind of story to fit and uh, see if they can nail him with something. Um, it's weird. I mean, he's not the only one that it's happened to, but he's definitely the latest, uh, unfortunately. But, I mean, what do you kind of think that... I mean, obviously, journalists and free speech and all that kind of stuff, that's something that we kind of hang our hat on here in the U.S. But, I mean going after reporters i mean you you see like the mainstream media they're all pretty much aligned with one side of the aisle and we all know what that is but when one of them kind of like dares to step out of line a little bit like they really like hammer the head down and like, like they come after them really bad and unfortunately that looks like nowadays would be like the fbi coming after you uh, maybe it's like other kind of governmental institutions like the fbi CIA and all this stuff, but I mean, what does that do? I mean, like yourself as an author and stuff like that. Like, what does that look like for you? To, does that does that kind of scare you? I mean, you're into looking into all this kind of stuff as well. I mean, this could be you, maybe one day. Hopefully not. And if I'm good, <laughs> you break like you break some kind of story or something, you know, and they could be coming after you. So, I mean, what does that kind of feel like? Uh yeah. Um... Well, things things got pretty interesting with uh, one of my last books. Uh, I wrote about uh, a, a case on um, Duncan Lemp, this guy that was killed by a SWAT team back in 2020. And he had ties to uh, militia groups like the Three Percenters and the Boogaloo Boys. Uh, mm -hmm. And I 
became interested in him because of the leaked FBI documents where they're stating like, <clears throat> these are terrorist groups. These are things you should be looking for. Uh, and they had a list of so-called martyrs and his name was on the list. And I was like, I know this name, but I couldn't place who it was. So everything else I recognized, but I looked into him and I was like, I, I had remembered the videos coming out by Michael Malice. Uh, I remember Tim Poole had covered it when it happened. And um, so I started looking into it. But at the same time, it was like I also wasn't I was I was kind of familiar with the, the militia groups, but I didn't really understand or know like who they were, what they they stood for um, there. I basically had like the the mainstream media uh, bunk narrative in my head, which I didn't believe it, but it was like all I had to go on at the time. Like, oh, these are allegedly white supremacist groups. And I, I kind of knew that was a bunch of BS, but I wanted to look into that myself. And it's like, as I'm diving into this and I'm uh, interviewing different people about like i interviewed a guy from the the boogaloo boys i was trying to find three percenters but it was not long after the whole gretchen whitmer thing <laughs> and so mm -hmm. like nobody around here like you can have the tattoo you can wear the t-shirt you're not talking to anybody mm -hmm. that you don't know um and plus you'll see people out in public and it's like, man, that T-shirt looks really new. Or it's like, is that tattoo? Is that real? Is that? <laughs> so um, there's there's a lot of uh, questionable stuff still going on around here in this area as to like, uh, you know, who's real, who's not. And if if you didn't know somebody before that happened, they're not talking to you. Um, so. Uh, I did end up finding some people who would talk to me not around here, um, but uh, I, I was so I was able to learn about some of the three percenters. Um, but the weirdest thing was uh, when I first started looking into it, and this was just me like Googling stuff, looking up stories, uh, finding the police report and stuff. Uh, I let my dog out one night and uh I hear this humming noise off in the distance and it's not uncommon to hear like somebody like hammering away at something in their garage, like a mile or two down the road. It's like, it's really remote. It's really quiet out here. Um, my neighbors, the closest neighbor's house is like 150 yards from ours and we can barely see it with the pine trees. So there's a lot of farmland. There's, we're in the middle of nowhere. And I hear this humming noise and it's 1130 at night and I'm looking across the street and I start seeing these flashing lights and I'm like, man, that is the weirdest sounding plane I've ever heard. And as it gets closer, I notice it's moving really, really slow too. <laughs> and, and as it comes closer, it goes right over my house and it's maybe, I don't even think it was a hundred yards above me. And it was a drone like flying over. And I don't know if it was flying over my house or if it was going somewhere else or like what exactly it was doing, but it just continues on. It had this electric motor that you could barely hear. If I wasn't outside, I wouldn't have known it was there. And um, so that was probably like the most freakish thing that I've come across so far. Uh, and that kind of weirded me out for a little bit, but I haven't seen anything else remotely similar to that since. Um, 
but that was while writing that book and I went on to still do all the other stuff that I ended up um, putting it together and publishing it that came out on the the 31st that was just released and uh, yeah so stuff like this I mean I I don't think I'm working on anything that would be even remotely close to like what James Gordon Meek was ever working on during his career so my worried about it probably not (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's pretty i guess for a lot of people that are kind of in the public eye and they you know they look into kinds of these kinds of things like you know like he was doing he was obviously embedded in a lot of different places and he knew a lot of different people and like he was up there like in washington and stuff i mean he was getting a lot of exposure like you mentioned um after after, like 2017 he started being recognized for like Emmys and stuff like that, um, or being like in the running for Emmys and stuff. But, um, you know, it, it all kind of goes back, you know, like you mentioned that, that tweet that he mentioned or that he kind of retweeted as well. Um, and that it's, it all comes back to like follow the money. Obviously there's a lot of money being sent out weapons and stuff. And, and like, for the longest time there was talk that we were not going to be going into Ukraine about anything. And now I hear stories about actual like special forces members mm-hmm. on the ground in Ukraine. And there's like soldiers being sent out. It's, I mean, we're fighting this war by proxy, obviously through Ukraine. And there's a lot of people that were going over there on their own accord. Like I knew a lot of people that I was in the military with and like even just regular people that were volunteering and they were going out there and like, they were just joining up and they would get sent out or, you know, whatever. And then they would come back after a while. Um, but like, it's kind of a weird war. Like, I want to say war because it's like, supposedly they're at war, but you, it's, you never hear it like, like about it. Like there's like no, no major stories about like all these people dying or like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I see videos from, from in Ukraine of like people at clubs like still partying and drinking and stuff <laughs> and like there's like bombs going off and but it's it's like a weird like i don't know like war zone it's it's like 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 it's not real like it's staged somehow like in my mind when i look at it and i see videos like on tiktok about it and like people blah 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 and, but there's like people partying in the streets and people walking around like nothing like there's like there's not mm-hmm. a war going on and it just doesn't like compute with me i don't understand like having been in war zones and stuff like that like it's not maybe it's just a different war nowadays but like it just doesn't feel like it's real like do you you kind of get that sense as well uh i've been following i haven't been following like the mainstream media covering it because they're not sending anybody to the front lines uh one of the guys who i interviewed for the Duncan Lemp book, he, when I found him, he was on the front lines in Ukraine um, as a volunteer. And so he was a, he's a Marine. Uh, he ended up with a medical discharge after being injured uh, in Afghanistan. So he, he joins at 17, goes to Afghanistan, uh, is injured over there during his first tour. Uh, ends up getting some major surgery done, uh, gets a medical discharge, and then uh, does a bunch of stuff in the States here with the Boogaloo Boys, 
uh, leaves that, volunteers to go to Ukraine. And keep in mind, this guy is only 21 years old as of like right now. And so I was able to find him and I started following him on Instagram and he was uh, sending, he was posting pictures of like him and the guys that he was with over there. He was telling some of the stories of like patrols that they went on. Uh, There's one group of guys that he had like one day to train and try to make them into a working unit (laughs) and they go out, they're getting these orders to go from one spot to another. And then at one point, uh, a couple of the guys are just like, no, this isn't right. We should leave. And they end up breaking off and trying to go back to the base where they come in contact with the Russian tank and all of them end up being killed. And this was like after he had been with them for like two days. Um, there's another uh, Instagram uh, group. I'm going to say it's a group. I don't think it's necessarily one guy. They don't ever show their faces, but it's, uh, I believe it's MI team. So like Michigan team, I'm guessing. I think they're, I think they're from Michigan and they're all volunteers that went over there and They'll occasionally, every couple of days, post a couple of pictures of like them out on patrol, the equipment that they're working with, where they set up for the night, all stuff like that. They don't have any actual like videos or footage that they post, but I do know that there is videos that you can find. I don't know. I haven't checked Reddit or any places like that where it's um, less uh, regulated as to what you can post, but I've seen uh i did end up seeing some video footage of um where the ukrainians are using drones to drop grenades on russians who are hiding in trenches yeah and they'll they'll show all the way until after the grenade goes off and the 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 aftermath of the people in the trench um which is In a sense, I kind of think it's it's good that that is out there to show the reality of what is actually happening instead of people trying to, to deny that this is a real war or that anything like this is going on or these people aren't human. Um, I recently watched um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, I'm surprised that movie isn't getting more uh, props for how real it is. They're, they're saying that this is like the German version of Saving Private Ryan with the reality of like what World War One was like, right. and it kind of shows both sides as to like how brutal it was and the, the craziness of like you know these guys with bolt action ri- rifles trying to go up against tanks and they'd never seen these things before. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's there's stuff. It's there's stuff out there you can. You can find it if you want to. I just, I don't know if you really want to or not. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's it's definitely weird. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy videos about it, like especially early on when it first started out, like videos of like Russians getting caught and, and, and talking about how they thought it was like a training exercise they were going on and they just gotten orders to be at that specific spot and just wait and you know, stuff like that. They didn't even know that there was like there was a war going on. They were just like t- told to be there, and then they ended up getting caught and just videos like that. But then you see like videos of like the Germans. I mean the Germans. Whoops, uh, the Russians, <laughs> um, like blowing up like freaking facilities that have like nuclear material or you know something similar. Blah blah blah. So 
it's weird. I mean, I've seen videos about like propaganda videos of it where they were showing videos of like planes flying over and dropping bombs or, you know, whatever. And then ended up being like that video was from like five years before at some kind of air, air show or something. And they were just like redoing the video and like adding color to it and blah, blah, blah. And they were just adding it into all these videos. So it's, it's kind of weird, like where the truth lies in between all of that. But I don't know. And then you, you know, you couple that with, with the pipeline getting blown up and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's kind of a weird mix smash of what's going on out there. I don't know. I mean, I know people that are out there and that, that have been out there, but it's from what they tell me, it's like there's actually stuff going on. I don't know if that's just because they're in the thick of it, you know, because of the nature of their work and how they deal with the government and like how they get work from the government. But like for the common, I guess, people on the streets there, it doesn't really seem like it's like it's all that real. Or maybe they just don't really think about it all too much because they're used to it, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, if if that's kind of the stuff that he was looking at, I mean, I have no doubt that they, one, don't want any kind of story going against the narrative of why we're out there, you know, stuff like that. But um, on the back end, people need to stop kind of being naive about it and, and you know, saying that, I mean, whatever people think about Russia and Putin and how this whole thing started, I can guarantee you that the Russians didn't just wake up one day and just decide to roll into Ukraine for no reason. That's kind of like the major story that we all, like we all hear. And it's just like one day Putin was just like, yeah, I'm just going to take over Ukraine now, like of all days. Um, and then he just like decided to do it after all these years of like him threatening to do it and stuff like that. Like he just didn't wake up one day and just be like, yeah, we're going to go in. So, you know, for like all the people that want to look into like why and, the whole thing of like how it ended up this way. I mean, you can all lead back just to kind of one institution in my mind, but uh, that that's going to be NATO. I mean, for, it's just how it is. I mean, just imagine we're at war with China for all these freaking decades and stuff. Not officially, but one day we get word that China sends military weapons and they're sitting on the border on our border now whether that be there in Canada or that be there in Mexico and they just kind of set up weapon systems and they're rolling in and they're just setting up camp on our borders. That's exactly what's happening out there. You know, there was this, this accord, obviously when, when um, the cold war ended, there was agreement that NATO wouldn't push beyond a certain point closer towards Russia. Um, and that's just been slowly violated like year after year after year since then. NATO's been getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And it they finally ended up on the border. I mean, that's just simple, you know? Um, well, that's one of the downsides of having a, I'm going to call it a constitutional republic. <laughs> Everybody likes to say democracy, democracy. but uh, with our form of government, every four to eight years, we we changed the, the head of our government and it seems to be at least as long as I've been voting or alive, it goes from one party back to another, back to the other. 
it, it just continuously rotates. And so you have these, these agreements, these policies, uh, these treaties that are written with these other countries. And let's say George Herbert Walker Bush signed some agreement with, with Germany to do something. And then 10 years later, his son goes in and is like, yeah, well, you know, my daddy kind of got that wrong and decides that he's going to renege on that agreement, even though, you know, it's, it's backed by U.S. word. We're not going to do this thing. And now all of a sudden Germany is like, hey, wait a minute. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, especially if it's a different party, like um, look at all the things that Donald Trump, when he, when he was in, I'm not saying good or bad, but we had the uh, the nuclear deal with Iran and he completely backed out of that. He backed out of the Paris Accords. All it took was one election and a bunch of agreements that a previous leader of ours had signed up to, to uphold all of a sudden, like, nope, we're not doing that. and it's not just him. It's like any president that we put in the power can just go and go ahead and say like the previous people that we had elected beforehand, like their word no longer matters on anything. You know, if they want to uh, go back on a deal that we made with Afghanistan or Pakistan or whatever, I mean, Joe Biden comes in and says, no, we're not going to leave in May of of uh 2021 we're going to leave in september instead because we want the photo op of 20 years being in afghanistan um so it 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 plays with both parties it's any time that there's an election there's the possibility of our word no longer having any kind of bond whatsoever when it comes to the the foreign countries that we make them with and that really says a lot about like how trustworthy we are, whether or not anybody can rely on us for anything. Uh, there was the question of like, when it came to Syria and Trump wanted to pull out of Syria, like, well, what's going to happen to the Kurds? Uh, we have this weird agreement with this, this tribe of people who don't have a country. There's allegedly Kurdistan, this region that they claim, but it's in three other countries. And so we have this, this weird deal that will protect them, that will allegedly help arm them when need be. But then at any moment, somebody else can come into office and say like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to come out of here. Well, what about us? You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how it is. It goes back and forth. I mean, the pendulum swings both ways that, you know, I could just imagine what it's going to be like, uh, Whoever gets in office in 2024, whether Trump gets in or it's DeSantis or you know whoever, but like it's going to swing drastically in the opposite direction if if they win. Um, I'm sure a lot of the stuff that's up and running now because of Biden is going to be completely dismantled, and we'll see what the you know what the after effects are from that. But I mean, we've seen what the after effects were now that Biden took over. It was a huge drop off a cliff. Or, you know, it was like a weird thing that happened all in the span of two years. We still got two more left, but, um, <laughs> and like, and I, I don't want anybody to think that like the wrong way, obviously in the comment section, like we don't, I don't, under, I don't underestimate Putin. Like I know Putin's a piece of shit. Like he was intelligence and spetsnaz and all kinds of stuff. Like he's killed people and all kinds of stuff. So like, you know, we get it. Like I don't put anything past him. He's like a master tactician and he kind of plays 4d chess behind the scenes and i have no idea that china and them are 
constantly scheming against the U.S. But when it comes to like the Ukraine thing, it's not just cut and dry as to he was a piece of shit and he decided to go into Ukraine. It's not that simple. Obviously, a lot of things aren't. But when you look at the kind of story and like how we ended up to where we're at right now, it makes people think that people who are trying to tell the truth are like supporters of him because it it does look like that. Like obviously I'm talking about what's going on and like how we ended up this way. And it makes it seem like I'm backing him and like I'm all for him and stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to make excuses, but that's not like the story of how it happened. Like there's real things that have led up to where we're at now, NATO being involved in Ukraine, like us pushing towards the Russian border, you know, all kinds of stuff. But it's not as cut and dry as everybody likes to think. I get a lot of shit for it on Twitter. Like I'm trying to kind of break it down so some people understand because like on Twitter and stuff like that, it's not a great spot to be. If people are on Twitter and Instagram, I try to stay off of it as much as I can because there's no like thought on Twitter. People just kind of throw shit out into the wind, see what sticks. And if mm-hmm. somebody goes against it, then they're just like, ah, oh, screw you, blah, blah, blah. So it's, there's nothing, there's no like conversation back and forth. Like rarely see it if ever. But like, I try to explain to people like what's going on, the process, how we ended up here, where we're going to probably be headed and blah, blah, blah. And the only thing I ever get back, I never get any kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Like, why do you think this and that? Or like, I never had to explain anything to anybody because nobody ever gives me the time. All I ever get was like, ah, oh, you're just a bot or like a troll or like you love Putin or you know, it's like just wild stuff like that. Um, so it's it's weird. It's just there's multiple levels to it. That's all I, I'm saying. Not so cut and dry as people think. Like he just didn't roll in one day, like I said, and just decided to take over. There's a lot more to it, um, especially with Ukraine. Um, just because they got a new president doesn't mean like they're all of a sudden wiped it away, like spot clean. Tell me how an actor, which is what Zelensky was prior to becoming president, Mm-hmm. was making kind of movies, maybe getting by here and there, blah, 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 to being, I mean, he has more money than Nancy Pelosi does right now in the span of like four years or something like that. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, I think I saw last, he was like worth like $700 million. And he, he has like a yacht and like property in Florida, right? He, like here in the States, he has property in the States. He has like yachts. He has a giant house in Florida um i think his sister or somebody that's related to him has like penthouse suite in new york so it's like come on you know give me a break it's it's not so cut and dry the dude's not as innocent as you think it's like you know that's all that's all i say and people just give me shit for it so that's all right (laughs) (laughs) it's all right it's not everybody's like open to kind of expanding you know, their mind as as to what's like really going on. A lot of stuff is cut and dry. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of stuff that's open and shut, but there's a lot of other stuff that, especially when it comes to the government and stuff like that, like there's, there's a lot of scheming, man. A lot of people like to call it conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Sure. Like, you know, whatever you want to name it, but like there's, there's people that the government does not have your best interest in heart. I know it's hard for a lot of people to accept. I know we're all shocked here. That, that you know that the government doesn't want to do the right thing, but it's it's true, man. Like there's there's a lot of people that are in the government that are really good. I know a lot of people that work for the government 
military, stuff like that, that are awesome people. But at the same time, there's a lot of people out there that are real pieces of shit and they're only looking out for themselves. Especially when you get up to those like levels, like you're up there. Um, it's it's rough. There's no like us, it's just me, 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 and like maybe my family, but they throw them under the bus too. Um, if the price was high enough. So it's it's just all kind of pump the brakes a little bit. It's just kind of figure out what's really going on before we start <laughs> talking shit to people and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, so obviously this dude, Mr. Meek is alive and well, which is great. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully soon he comes out with something like kind of explaining what happened. Maybe I, I doubt while the investigation is going on, he's willing to talk about anything really, but um hopefully one day we kind of get the full story i i don't really think we will i mean he's still kind of yeah. in, the, in the middle of it so he might end up missing again one day who knows depending <laughs> on what you know what they find but i mean i'm hopeful i mean hopefully hopefully at least he gives us a little snippet of what he was working on if they do decide to take him out again or kidnap him again or whatever knock on wood hopefully not but i mean people that usually have a lot of information like that behind the scenes stuff are, you know, they tend to be chatterboxes about what they have, you know, uh, freaking Breitbart, you know, Anthony Bourdain, unfortunately as well. A lot of people yeah. like to kind of <laughs> throw information out there, you know, like, Oh, I have this damning information about blah, blah, blah. And then they, they end up dead. So. Well, I, I never heard the, the Bourdain one. I know that he was having issues with his, his girlfriend at the time but yeah so did he have information on hillary that was gonna <laughs> yep exactly what he what he had um <laughs> let's see here actually i have it here so he tweeted out something about i have um information about hillary or something like that a lot of those are fake yeah They're yeah fake. but um, uh oh I don't have the exact one, but there was, he has a whole bunch of them where he was talking about her, blah, blah, blah. And there was one specific one that he had. I'm sure it's not there anymore. I, I think I, I pulled, I tried to pull it up a while back and it was like deleted or something like that. Uh -huh. um, so like, so it was, he was saying something about, he had information about Hillary Clinton or something like that. It was like real, like two lines about something. And then like weeks later he was freaking suicided or something like that. So <laughs> um i'd have to find it specifically which one it was and let everybody know because i don't want to just be saying things and not you know not, not provide that so if i find it again i think i saved it somewhere but when i do i'll put it up for everybody to see so yeah not, so far i've i've read like every every book about him that's come out I, i'm in the middle of the newest one that just came out and that one's really uh, critical on his last couple of days with uh, Asia Argento and what happened there. Like even has their text messages back and forth as to their conversations on what had happened. And yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's I don't know. I mean, I I find stories up on this on Twitter. Let's see if I can actually pull this one up because I want. But the other weird one that I did hear was how his body was used to fake Epstein's death. 
Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the one where I, that came up in the uh, the Roadrunner documentary, and I was like, I never heard that. And I'm I'm a pretty big Anthony Bourdain fan, and uh, I don't know. I think after that whole thing happened, I kind of checked out for a bit. So when that was going around, I'm pretty sure I missed it. Some of them are pretty wild. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them, but like, let's see here. We'll pull up this. So. Uh, in one of his final interviews before his suicide, Anthony Bourdain unleashed angry, bitter attacks on Harvey Weinstein and the Clintons. <laughs> so there was a whole series of tweets that he had. I was trying to look back through them. I couldn't find the exact ones, but um, he had like a whole bunch of them, like in like in a row and stuff, talking about all of them. And and in one of them, he's going back and forth with some people, and then there was one where he was like, I have information about blah, blah, blah. And then he was dead. So it's, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> not, not surprising, but it was weird. Yeah. He, um, oh man. Yeah. He, he got really involved in the, the whole me too movement when he got involved with Asia Argento and yeah, there was, a just a little side story. He, he got, um, into a, kind of a, a scuffle with, uh, and what's his name he's the head of queens of the stone age um joss uh oh wait maybe that's not his name anyways um those two were friends they they did an episode of um parts unknown together like queens of the stone age had their music in the episode and they're traveling through the desert and uh they, actually i think they did a couple episodes together but uh so they were friends they they you know would text each other every now and then and uh try to arrange when they get together and whatnot and um he the queens of the stone age guy ended up getting uh accused of assaulting some girl at a concert and um there's his version of the story which was this girl was trying to get up on stage and he was kind of like no like just don't <laughs> and yeah. and she was like he hit me he punched me in the face and uh, when Bourdain found out about it, he was sending this guy text messages about, you need to apologize. And he's like, dude, I didn't do anything. And he's like, no, you don't understand. You need to apologize. Like this will end you. And so like these, these guys were friends. They, they'd known each other for a couple of years and Bourdain was like, not even wanting to hear his side of the story. And that was the last contact that he had with Bourdain. And not long after that was when the Eagles of death metal, there was that concert that they did in Paris and there was the terrorist attack uh, where he's on stage, the, the band's playing and all of a sudden all these people are dead. And so he went through that. He, he witnessed a terrorist attack at his concert. He's, he's feeling this level of guilt of like, these people came to see me and now they're dead. And mm-hmm. Bourdain never even like reaches out to him to see like how he is, how he's doing like that that whole the 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 whole idea of like him being accused of something uh all of a sudden they're no longer friends and he's not hearing from this guy that he got to know pretty well over over a couple of years just from being on a tv show and um so there's a a lot of stories like that where uh just the whole me too movement uh the relationship that he had with this woman uh just kind of ruined a lot of the good stuff that he ended up developing over the years yeah it's true i i 
I didn't follow much. Like I followed all his shows. Like I, I love his shows. Like early on, like parts unknown and like no, you know, freaking no reservations stuff like that. Like his early <laughs> stuff. Like those were great shows. I really enjoyed them. But like after all that kind of stuff kind of happened, I didn't really follow him all that much prior to when he killed himself. I say killed, but um, like. I always forget as cool as I thought he was. And like, I enjoyed his shows. He was from New York and he was like a big lefty and you know stuff like that. So it made sense um, afterwards trying to like catch up on his life and stuff and seeing those kind of stories, you know, like you mentioned, and just like, like the whole me too stuff was, was really like cringy for me to watch. Like I, I, I admired a lot of his stuff and then I would see him like with these crazy tweets, just like the typical, what you see now, like he just fell victim hard to like not wanting to get canceled early on, he just wanting to kind of go along with everybody and not be like the one that sticks out. But like he took it to like this weird level that I was just like, man, what are you doing to yourself? And, and I think I, he was uh, trying to cover his own ass, honestly. Uh, yeah. Cause one of the things that came out in the, the oral uh, biography was his brother was talking about how when Kitchen Confidential first came out and Bourdain had all this money, um, he splits up with his wife of 20 years. Uh, he's now single and on his own, uh, not really knowing where anything's going to go. But like one of the ways that he dealt with the separation was like every night for like weeks, he'd pick up hookers. <laughs> and it's like... Yep. This was, I don't know if this was like common knowledge, but like this went on for a while until he actually started like dating people again. And uh, his brother was like, I just think it's how he dealt with the separation. <laughs> yeah. Not a very good scene for, for the whole Me Too uh, crowd, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people didn't know about that. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it was like a common <laughs> knowledge thing for people like in the know, you know, but. You know, he was like on drugs and did all, he drank a lot and, you know, all kind of stuff like early on. So um, it's not, a, it's not a huge surprise. So, but yeah, it was just unfortunate. Just the kind of the way, like the tail end of his life, like ended up happening. When I found out that he killed himself, I was like, oh man, that's like, I enjoyed everything that, that he did mostly except for his weirdness on freaking Twitter and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it was unfortunate, but not surprising. I mean, like I said, if that whole thing with, with the Clintons was true, because right before he ended up dying, like they were going back and forth, like about a lot of stuff, like he, like Weinstein and the Clintons and all kinds of stuff. He was just like throwing tweets out there and like arguing with people on Twitter and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, wow, man, this guy's, this guy's going hard in the paint. Like he was just out there. And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and then he ended up dying. It's like, wow, it was weird. So, I don't know. Quite unfortunate, but I really wish that ended up, ended up happening to him. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess as we wind down here, um, what's going to end up happening with you know with the book? Like, are you still going to put that out, or is, are you going to uh, edit that? Yeah, it's it's still available. Um, I mean, I did leave it as uh, to be continued at the end because. You know, as, as I said, towards the end of it, you know, I, I hope that he's found, you know, I was kind of picturing like he's in a, a cabin on the side of the mountain, like drinking his favorite whiskey or whatever, you know, just kind of like chilling out until the time's right to come back or whatever. And um, it seemed very obvious from the photos uh, that were released that, uh, you know, he 
didn't want to be found. He parked his his SUV several blocks away from his mother's house and was walking back. Uh, that was when they first noticed him just walking down the street and they tried asking him like what was going on and stuff. And he just kept saying no comment. So it's very obvious that he, he doesn't want uh, any more attention than, than what he's already getting. Um, so, you know, I, I'm glad it has a, overall happy ending but like i said i think there's there's something else going on right now between him his lawyer and and the fbi uh i think they're they're trying to figure something out um and i don't know where it's going to go uh i I don't know if it's going to be in the news when when they do figure out what they're they're going to do it's just unfortunate that i think if he stayed with abc during this process uh legally he probably would have had more protection because working as a investigative journalist you know he's got the the first amendment several court cases that protect him from this kind of thing but the i guess the overall question is you know what were the classified documents what were they pertaining to did they even have classified documents uh we know from previous cases there was a i believe there was a house rep uh, there was a court case where it was revealed uh, an FBI agent went on the stand and they admitted to accessing her husband's computer remotely. And when asked why they did that, he said that they were going to put child porn on his laptop so they could arrest him later so that she would have to leave office. So they're looking to frame her husband for something he didn't do just because they were under orders to get her out of that position. And this was all in court documents and um, FBI testimony on the stand. They admitted to it. So who knows whatever was on his laptop, he might not have even put it there. And um, maybe he's just uh, knowing that they raided his place for absolutely no reason other than they want him out of the picture for some reason he he took the hint instead of ending up like several other people that uh we can think of that is wild that they're able to do that kind of stuff it's like nobody's <laughs> really safe i mean working in the, the it field as well like like i do i'm very aware of what can happen <laughs> security wise when you're not keeping track of what's going on, on your computer for a lot of people that you know they they're not like tech savvy it's real easy. Like they can, they can just put all kinds of stuff on your computers and people that work for the government like that are, they're, you know, they're real good at their jobs and they, uh, they have no issue framing you for whatever reason. It's, it's wild. I mean, just the fact that they would put that kind of stuff on his computer or try to just to get to her. Like if you're like the main person, you know, that they want to get to and they can, um, there's no like limit to what they can do and you know there's no like log of them adding stuff to your computer or anything it's just kind of going through the back door and, and you know you're screwed so uh yeah it's it's unfortunate but um yeah so the book is on amazon correct is that is that up there as well yes okay so the book is on amazon um and everybody can find you at the experiment.com we'll have links to an instagram page as well um is there like an email address 
people can get a hold of you or is that uh the class experiment at gmail.com is okay. a good way to get a hold of me okay so we'll have that linked as well for everybody else um yes sir so i uh i appreciate you stepping on with us again um kind of i would say last minute but we kind of just threw everything together all kind of not really knowing what was going on and then once we found out that he was still alive we were just kind of like do we still do it or he's like yeah let's just go ahead and jump on um so we're glad he's alive obviously for everybody out there um it's a lot of weird stuff going on it's definitely something to keep an eye on as the weeks and months kind of progress um i have a feeling like he's going to kind of get lost in everything else that's going on like in the news and stuff he was already kind of lost because obviously this thing happened in april and there was like no word until like a few weeks ago so yeah. i find that that whole thing kind of weird that this happened like early on in the year and like we just found out about it so um it's easy to get lost and if you're not really paying attention um a lot of stuff can get by you so even even when you are paying attention to stuff like there's just crap coming at you left and right and you don't really know what's going on so um We'll keep an eye out for that. So, I mean, I'm sure once we get more information, you're going to be updating book, maybe putting out something else as well, just to kind of let everybody know what's going on. Uh, I figured I would just come out with like, uh, you know, 2.0 or something where it continues on where where it left off beforehand. You know, um, there was a couple of other things that I, I learned recently about them that I uh speculated but i couldn't confirm it so i didn't bother putting it in there like he had gotten divorced back in 2010 2011 which i kind of assumed because it sounded like he lived by himself at this apartment but he was seen with his two daughters Mm -hmm. never any mention of the wife um so that came out and you know it, it talked about like the dirty details of the divorce and who was accusing who of what and all this other shady stuff but um yeah so there really isn't other than like adding a sentence of like hey he was found this day walking down the street he's alive yay happy ending <laughs> I mean, yeah there isn't too much to say at, at the moment but i'm sure that you know if if charges do end up being filed or something like that he might pop up in the news again because you know he's he's on the radar. Uh, Glenn Beck was covering his him being missing for several days on his show, and you know was was making a big deal about it because it's like, where is this guy? Did the FBI disappear him? This should be the biggest news story. Why isn't anybody covering it? And uh, you know, I, I give him credit for covering it longer than the the original day, which is what most people did. You know, they took the Rolling Stone article and they were like, hey, this weird thing happened. Holy crap. And then next day, just completely forgotten. And, um, but, you know, I, I am glad that, uh, that he was found and that, uh, you know, he's, he's still out there. And it's just unfortunate, like, what he has to deal with at the moment and the fact that, you know, the 20, 30 years of work that he put into his career, like he's finally getting the, all the acknowledgements and everything for for his work and all the, the good things that he did and he can't accept any of it. Um, and I don't know if that's like some stipulation with with the uh, the FBI or if that's the recommendation of his lawyer or who knows. Um, but yeah, it's just... Uh, it's a very interesting 
Um, I, I find it to be a fascinating story just because I, I just, I, I come up with these theories and I'm like, that doesn't fit. That doesn't fit. Like what the heck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. I have no doubt that they, you know, put that stipulation on, like you said, I mean, he starts accepting awards and getting stories written about him and then they're, they're going to pull up more information and maybe somebody digs a little deeper one day and they start drawing connections to this and that, blah, blah, blah. So it's just better to keep him out of the, I guess, the limelight. Um, I'm sure they were kind of making a push for that. And I'm sure his lawyer was like really making a push for it. Just be like, Hey, you got this stuff going on. And like, it'd be better if you just kind of stay out of the spotlight for a little bit. until we kind of cool down. And then afterwards we'll see what happens. But you know, no matter what happens, whether he ends up getting charged or not, like he's, he's pretty much done. Like that's, it's not like one day, maybe in the future, he might be able to come out and accept something, but, like for like the next five, 10 years, he's like, yeah, this is no, they don't want that kind of attention. So he's just going to have to be doing something else or maybe keeping a low profile for a while, but it's unfortunate, but I mean, at least he's, he's still alive for now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we all, yeah. like, we all joke about it, but it's, it's like a very, if it's not, it wasn't so like, it's just, I don't know if it wasn't so like, true it'd be like hilarious like it's just like we we joke about somebody's life and like being taken out and stuff like that but like like these are like things that happen for real for far less and i'm sure if he got his hands on something that he wasn't supposed to whether that's true or not like they have no you know no problem with it so it's unfortunate times that we live in but it's it's not something new to our time it's a it's something that's always happened so now more than ever, but I don't know. Well, I try to look at it this way. I was able to do a ton of research and put this together in two weeks. And I'm like, man, that's, that's actually quite the accomplishment. <laughs> so it ended up being a really good exercise. And fortunately he ended up being a really interesting and fascinating guy that I'm surprised mm-hmm. I didn't know about before. And, you know, uh, kind of somebody where I'm like, you know, kind of hoping like, man, maybe I'll end up bump, like bumping into this guy at some point in the future. But yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, he's all the stuff that you had in there was like, like you, like you mentioned it, it's stuff that you can like make a Tom Clancy movie out of like, like seriously, like you can make some kind of like seven part series or something on Netflix or whatever. Like he just has all these different chapters of his life that he went through like the Oklahoma City bombing thing, and he was at the Pentagon during 9 11. Well, like, and the one thing uh, we, we didn't mention was that he worked for the Department of Homeland Security yeah. for a period of time, and he had top secret and classified clearance to files. So I don't know if it has anything to do with that either. It could be that, you know, he, I highly doubt it because whatever computer he owned back in, I think it was 2011 to 2013 when he worked for them he's not going to have, it's not going to be updated. It's not going to be his working computer, you know? Um, so that, that didn't make any sense to me either, but knowing that he had that clearance, it's like, you know, how is it now? He's, he's not as a journalist, not allowed to have it. And then he was allowed to look at it beforehand. Like it just, none of that made any sense to me. And it just kind of 
uh, more validated my suspicion that the FBI had absolutely no business raiding his place whatsoever. Yeah, there was definitely a time or like a switch at one point where something happened and they were just like, yeah, this guy, we got to go, you know, we got to go after this dude. I mean, like you said, up until that point, if he's had all this information previously and nothing has happened, there was like a point somewhere where he just crossed the line or they just didn't want him to have something anymore. Like there was just like a certain point, maybe he found something he wasn't supposed to. And that was it. Like, they're just like, all right, this guy's done, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, all the information that you have, especially with clearance and stuff like that. I mean, that for one, that information's monitored and like filtered out and stuff. So you don't get to take it out of the building there's no like USBs in your back pocket right. and taking it home and stuff like that. So um, he must have had been working with somebody or had clearance for something. Obviously, as a journalist, you can have that kind of stuff, as you mentioned, but there was something that allowed him to have it in the first place. So mm -hmm. where that kind of switch came and like what he found out or what somebody didn't want him to have at one point, it, it finally came to a head. So um I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, we're definitely gonna keep a track of it and see what you know what kind of information comes out later. But um, it's definitely not over, so uh, we'll be looking forward to that in the near future, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so I guess just kind of let everybody know where they could find you on social media and as far as your website as well. Yeah. So um, uh, the collapseexperiment.com is my my website. Uh, link to my email. You can find that there. Uh, I also have the Collapse Experiment podcast. Um, have not been keeping up with that lately because I've been working on a lot of uh, projects lately. And, uh, I have two jobs now, so that's uh, eating up a lot of my time. Um, and um, I'm back on Twitter, but I can't remember what the heck my Twitter handle is. I have been following you. Uh, yeah, I've, seen you on I've had like too. four accounts over the last... Uh, couple of years because you know all of a sudden i'm kicked off for Delayed. saying something yeah just go ahead and start another one <laughs> yeah that's pretty much how it goes man that's i think the one for the show on twitter that's been like the kind of chill one but i've had like several twitter accounts and stuff that we kind of go back and forth and they've all been new the same thing with like instagram um especially on facebook like i've had so many pages that are just new on facebook it's ridiculous i'm surprised that the show one is still up and running because of the stuff that i post i have like i have like the main uh page on instagram for the show that i only post like upcoming guests and like snippets of like of that show or whatever afterwards but then i have a backup page where i just post like some gnarly like stuff like just random crap about stories and just all kinds of stuff and i'm surprised that one isn't gone yet but like my facebook one for the show they're all connected so whenever i post something on one instagram page it goes straight to the facebook page and then the other instagram page so it's that's it's weird that it hasn't been taken down yet so i don't know what happens <laughs> just a roll of the dice you know pretty much every day when i wake up there's like some new story or i gotta say something so but we'll have everybody's uh social media link down below as well in the show notes for everybody um the collapse experiment.com uh email is linked below as well and if you need to get to the instagram page that's linked on the website as well um and that would be was that at matthew.gilman is that the 
the Instagram. Yeah, page? that's Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's linked up as well. Uh, we'll have everything linked down below as well as a link to the book. Everybody wants to pick it up. Uh, highly suggest you guys read that. Not only because of the story of you know that he was missing, but like we said, there's a lot of interesting facts that happened in his life. Uh, like I mentioned, you can make like a some kind of mini series out of it, just like all the crazy stuff that you know he's actually been through. Um, the Oklahoma City bombing thing was one piece of it, and then like the stuff at the Pentagon and stuff like that. So that's a lot of interesting stuff. So highly suggest you guys pick that up. Um, we'll be keeping a track of that in the future. Um, Mr. Goodman, I appreciate it, sir. Um, hopefully we have you back on again soon. Um, not only you know, to keep up with this, but we'll find some other kind of crazy crap. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and get together for that as well. Um, yeah, for everybody else, I really appreciate everybody stopping in for another episode. Um, if you guys aren't already a subscriber on YouTube, please consider hitting that subscribe button for us as well as that bell icon. Um, so you guys don't miss an episode in the future, whether that be uh, when we go live or when we post our High Strangeness uh, series um also consider hitting that like button for us that can really help us out with the algorithms as well if you guys are on the go and you want to check us out you can find us on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio and amazon music at truth defender podcast if you guys love what we do here like i mentioned before and you're feeling generous consider sharing the show with a friend family member or colleague just uh keep it suitable for work because a lot of the stuff that we talk about here is probably not suitable for a lot of workspaces out there nowadays um it'll probably get you fired <laughs> for a lot of a lot of the crazier stuff that we talk about on here um like our whole 9 11 show they got nuked on facebook so that was great um uh, you guys want to watch that one we were speaking with james corbett about 9 11 um he's a real uh great guest that knows a lot about it um it's not on youtube anymore because i got nuked like the first week it was out um slightly for like hate speech or i don't know what the kind of crazy shit they were talking about um but you can find it on rumble that's up and running there so you guys can find that there for everything that we do on youtube we have it on rumble as well as um on spotify so you guys can watch those there um yeah like i mentioned if you guys have any questions for myself our guests as well as guests or topic recommendations you can shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com or leave a comment in the comment section below and we'll get back to you as soon as we can um yeah everybody i hope everybody has a great weekend we'll be back with some more episodes next weekend i'm trying to track down a few people that were kind of like this close to getting on so um we've been kind of hitting it pretty hard the last couple weeks non-stop with shows and stuff so i'll probably go into hibernation for about a week and then, then try to get some more stuff going for you guys um really appreciate everybody everybody have a great weekend stay safe out there stay blessed and most of all stay frosty perfect